Avengers, Age of Ultron. He's garbage, folks. Is it an alligator or a crocodile? I don't know the difference, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Look at that. That is a werewolf. <laughs> Help me. What's it gonna be? Batman. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Den of Geek Presents Marvel Standom. And this is a special edition episode because we're doing a quick one where we're just going to dive into some spoiler-free discussion about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, this will give you a little bit of an idea of what to expect, but then come back next episode where we're going to do a full spoiler-filled breakdown of all of the weirdness in this movie. And trust me, there is plenty of weird, cool crazy Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel Comics-based goodness to dive into in this one. But first, let's talk about some spoiler-free stuff. With me for all time and always, say hello to Denny Geek TV editor Alec Bajalin. And welcome back, pop culture writer, Marvel expert, DOG contributor, Joe George. Folks, Kirsten Howard is on a much-deserved vacation this week, but they will be back next week. They're here in spirit. I think we should just dive right into quantum mania what do you fellas think sounds I mean, good <clears throat> does that mean that we have been do it now <laughs> yeah <laughs> by dive we're gonna pause for a second and then dive <laughs> joe what do you think uh we're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start this one off with you because i feel like we're kind of on the same page with this movie personally but I, i'd like to get your thoughts on this I really enjoyed it. I'm surprised at how much I enjoyed it because last week we were talking about in our preview that we were concerned that they were going to hang way too much on an Ant-Man movie, right? That the appeal of the Ant-Man movies is they're, they're light and they're breezy and, and, and they're funny. We were worried that this would just be the, the bear it down. And I'm shocked to say that I did not find it overbearing at all. I still found it to be light and breezy, even though it's taking place in a totally different uh, location. It, it felt of a piece with previous Ant-Man movies. It didn't feel overstuffed. Um, and it, somehow set up the big stakes that it needed to do without burying Ant-Man. So I don't know that, you know, I don't know that it's going to ever be my favorite Marvel movie. I, I think it's a solid three-star movie because there are problems, but overall I, I had a really good time. I'm looking forward to watching it again. Like, how about you? I kind of like loved it. Like, I think it's, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it, which is, I guess a little surprising because I, I struggled with a lot of phase four a lot. Um, I thought that was, you know, Marvel really wasn't at its best in phase four. It didn't feel like, I feel like it struggled to find purpose. Um, the offerings were kind of all over the place. Stuff that I thought would be slam dunks like Thor, Love and Thunder ended up being some of my least favorite Marvel content ever released. But yeah, there's something about Quantumania that just kind of feels old school Marvel. It's a nice, complete, fulfilling story um that's presents most of kind of the same stuff you've already seen but in a nice complete package a little bit of creativity there 
And it also feels like it's part of a larger universe, more so than any of like the Phase 4 offerings. I'm glad that we're talking about it in a, a spoiler-free capacity at the moment, because I feel like I have like a lot to say, weirdly, uh, when it comes time to spoiler-filled. Um, but for now, I'll just say, like, maybe it's lame to to talk about the the meta environment around a movie itself, like the reviews and stuff. Um, but I'm just like a little surprised that this one has gotten such a divisive response from uh, early critics. Uh, this to me just seems like a good Marvel movie. Um, and it makes me wonder, I'm prattling on now, I'll stop, but it makes me wonder if like people, if critics came to that same phase four conclusion that like I did and maybe we did, just one movie too late. Like I'm wondering if the if the Ant Man reviews are kind of more indicative of how people feel a, about Marvel at large right now than than the film itself. Because I definitely don't blame anybody for experiencing like severe Marvel fatigue. I just thought that this was the one that kind of snapped me out of it a bit. We shall see when this is out and everybody else sees it. Yeah, I do feel like this movie is like the first one to really be bearing the brunt of some genuine and, you know, kind of overdue, I feel, uh, Marvel backlash. You know, I think just the the general perception with with like, you know, serious film critics, it's been it's been really a long time coming. But like, I think general audiences, there is that perception now that there is just too much Marvel you know, and I feel like some folks are just a little frustrated with that whole, and now this is the important one. And it's like, no, 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 now this is the important one. But all that being said, just watching this movie in a vacuum, and maybe it's because I went in there with such low expectations, but like, I had a great time watching this. Like, I actually enjoyed this more on the first <laughs> I, sorry, Nugma in the comments just asked, like, uh, big question, how young does Paul Rudd look? Younger than me, and he's older than me. How's that? <laughs> um, but, like, I, I enjoyed this more on the first viewing than I had enjoyed either of the first two Ant-Man movies on the first viewing. Like, in fact, I genuinely disliked Ant-Man and the Wasp when I watched it. And the first Ant-Man, I was always pretty lukewarm on, but then I went back and rewatched it over the weekend and I was like, what am I, crazy? This movie's great. But Quantumania, if I'm being really honest, I'm with Joe. It's a solid three-star movie, you know? Frankly, Thor Love and Thunder is probably a three-star movie as well, but I enjoyed this more. I went with the weirdness of it. I really dug the visuals. Like, it just kind of felt... Like when you're a kid and you just like pick up a random comic, like from a series that like you don't know, and you're just like, you just, you're just like absorbing all of this information at once. That's kind of the vibe of Quantumania. And I, I, I wonder if general audiences are going to connect with that. But for me, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I just want colorful, weird shit in my superhero movies. And this gives you plenty of it. That's exactly the metaphor that I was thinking too, Mike. It totally felt like being a little kid, going to the, the, the grocery store with your mom and 
she lets you buy a comic book and you just pull one out. You don't know anything about the characters, but the cover looked cool. And you're just thrown into all this colorful world. I'm shocked at how visually good this looked. And I don't know. I, I want to watch it again because they actually, for, for our screening, Marvel doesn't always do this. They put us up at a really nice Dolby screen. So everything's really sharp. And I went into it thinking, you know, this is going to be purple goopy nonsense. And I thought it looked really great. I mean, and even some of the compositing didn't look, you know, wasn't, it was clear where, the, where they're not matte lines anymore, but it looked like matte lines. But even that worked for me because I was like, this feels like a, a fantasy or sci-fi movie out of the 80s. It's just it's hitting all of those childlike things uh, that 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 allowed me to overlook some of the, the story problems that I thought were there because I was just having so much fun with it. And like I say, I, I hope that I don't come back out of phase five and say this was the best one. Um, but it, it totally is a palate cleanser from uh movies like like love and thunder and even wakanda forever which was so overburdened by marvel universe building as much as people are saying this is the kickoff of phase five i didn't feel like that at all i feel like you can watch this movie and with the exception of the end credits and the mid credits uh you can walk in there and say this this was a complete story i'm happy and and not feel like this is the cornerstone of the entire world so yeah what I saw it in IMAX. Like they, the, our screening was in IMAX, which like oh. never happens. Alec, did they, was was your screening like this as well? No, it's just the same old theater <laughs> I always go to. <laughs> Although, did you guys get the um, God? We sound like such dicks, right? <laughs> did you get the <laughs> Did you get the uh, the little like Ant Man um, uh, thing yeah. with the magnifying glass? Yeah. Uh, I still couldn't read it with the magnifying glass. I, yeah, <laughs> I still don't know what it says. <laughs> At my screening, our tickets were giant. Like they were giant tickets. Oh, so oh that's like, what I yeah, needed. So like we were small. Yeah, <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah, I would have preferred giant. Um, yeah. We should have gone to the old person screening instead of the young person screening. <laughs> Again, I have to, I feel like lately I just keep rediscovering different parts of the MCU and I keep like reevaluating and apologizing for previous views. But for like the last few years, I've always been like, I don't know, like this is how we're going to end up with Peyton Reed's Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? And you know what? Watching this movie, I wish Peyton Reed was making the Fantastic Four movie now. Like, like I real and and Peyton Reed at one point was going, you know, pre MCU was planning on making the was pre- planning on making the FF movie, and I know that Reed is a massive, massive Jack Kirby fan and like really truly loves the comics and the source material. But like for me, quantum mania, like a good chunk of this movie, I'm like, this is kind of like the fantastic four movie I've been waiting for my whole life, you know, where it's just like, obviously it's light to some degree and there's like great intercharacter dynamics and stuff. But to me, the whole thing about the FF is like they do cool stuff and they go to weird places. And that is, Two straight hours of this in Quantumania. Do, do we have time for me to bring up reviews again? <laughs> I need to get this out of my <laughs> of course. System. Yeah, I need to get this out of my system before we actually talk about the film itself next week. Um, again, I hate to be this guy. I hate being the guy who like talks about the reviews of a film like it matters. Like <laughs> you feel like I'm on like a uh, like an online internet forum like complaining for the mods to come in and help me or something. Um, <laughs> But I just think it's instructive, the response to this movie. Um, it kind of reveals how much how we feel about films, particularly like, you know, 
not not like the literary timeless films, but just like pop entertainment is so context dependent. Because the original Ant-Man, if you look at its Rotten Tomatoes score, is at like a sterling 83% right now. Um, and I think if you just view these two movies completely devoid of any context in a vacuum, Quantumania, I think, is quite better. But it just happens to come along at a time in which people are understandably sick of all this nonsense. I just, I, I, I wish they had just waited one more film before they got sick of it. <laughs> just give, give old Kev one more try to win you back because um, he won me back. I will also say it's not a spoiler to say that Jonathan Majors kicks ass as Kang the Conqueror in this movie, but this is such a better intro for a big phase long villain than Thanos ever got. Look, Infinity War and Endgame to me are just brilliant. Brilliant movies, like especially Endgame, especially Endgame. And I think Thanos is like just to me, I buy into all of that hype. But Thanos never got the kind of intro and build that we get for Kang in this movie. And if they are able to then deliver with Kang the way they delivered with Thanos, like, I don't know. I'm suddenly really, really hyped for the prospects of phase five and phase six. I love Jonathan Major's performance in this. It is exactly what I want out of a big supervillain where he is, he's hammy and, uh, you know, I, I love the one thing that I wanted them to nail about Kang is that in the comics, Kang likes to lounge. He likes to lay back and lounge on chairs. And there are two moments where he's just, kicking back and I was like, yes, this is what I want out of this. You know, and he, he just the, the body language, he's got that, he's got that presence. You know, you're, I'm always so afraid that, that we'll get what Fox did with Dr. Doom, where they tried to ground him and, you know, make him more realistic. And he comes off just as like a petulant stock bro. And there's none of that here. That said, I'm shocked that this performance is working with so many people because he's totally shattering in, in this uh, in this performance. Like he does this thing where he'll like move his face three times before whispering slowly a line with all this weight on it. And again, I'm like more of this, but I'm shocked that it that that's the big takeaway that everybody's coming out from this. Even the people who don't like it, it's like well. This movie, I don't know what's going on, but Majors is great. And I'm like, how are you How are you on his wavelength and not the rest of it? Because they're really of a piece. I, I, I think he rules. He's awesome in this. <laughs> um, Majors is amazing. And I think, like, Kevin Feige, it almost feels to me like he was, like, looking for a villain to grow old with. Like, he was just, like, looking for the one true villain, just, like, finding a young actor who can be, like, the MCU villain for almost eternity. I mean, like, I'm sure we won't probably won't see much of Kang after phase six is wrapped, but it also just seems like a guy who could recur forever for just like the rest of the MCU. Um, I think Kevin Feige found his man in Jonathan Majors. I think he's, he's up for this nonsense and it, it fits like a glove. That's I mean, the that's thing with Kang. Kang he's never gone home. for good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> He comes back as something else always. And Majors can pull it off. We, I mean, Majors can pull it off. That's all I'll say right now. Musna says that one of the things she really loved about previous Ant-Man movies was Scott and Cassie's moments 
does this movie have that vibe with older Cassie now? Um, it's it's different because she is a teenager now, and of course, like you know, those relationships change. I will say that Catherine Newton is terrific as Cassie, and probably has the best line in the movie. So, um, yeah, like this is, uh, and I think we're going to be seeing more of her in the future. Do they reveal which name MCU Cassie is going to go with? No, no, not as no, and that's not a spoiler. <laughs> but no, I thought like, we're not there yet. I, yeah, I don't think that's. <laughs> this is where I'm going to diverge a little bit and say um, I thought that the character there's no character development in this movie, and so none of that, and it didn't bother me. This is, but it's not there. Like it, it says that it wants to do, like starts to set up this sort of Scott's missed all this time in Cassie's life, and Cassie's re, you know following in Scott's footsteps in a way that he doesn't like. I don't think it paid any of that off. I, I I think it comes up when it's convenient, but that's definitely not the thrust of it. And, and I'm only saying that because as much as we're gushing about this movie, and again, I really do like it. I, I think people that are going to go in expecting family drama on, on any of the familial characters part or really any sort of character development, I'm afraid you might get a little let down because I just, I don't think that's there at all. This is a bubbly bubblegum movie nothing else and so set your <laughs> expectations accordingly yeah that's fair that's fair and really like in terms of folks like hoping for like you know big steps towards young avengers like this is that but in kind of a you know like it's not as explicit as what we got in hawkeye for example you know what i mean like marvel is definitely going to take their time with that young Avengers roster to the point that I wouldn't be surprised if by the time they're ready to bring those people together, like they might just be the Avengers at that point. So like, (laughs) I just want to mea culpa or or like repent from what I said last week or before doubting MODOK. I loved every single second that MODOK was on screen. It's exactly what i wanted out of that character it's so weird and disturbing and wonderful so i was wrong they nailed modok yeah i agree i mean modok is supposed to be pretty much what we just saw mm-hmm. <laughs> um i can't i can't speak to the the comic version of the character i, I thought like as a character, Modoc wasn't necessarily pitch perfect for me but the design is flawless it never <laughs> you never get used to it. Like it no. never stops looking weird. Like it, it, like it turns your stomach every single time. Yeah. It makes for such like a fascinating visual thing to, to have on screen at all times. And the movie really leans into that, which I love. That's what you need to do with a character. That's a giant head with tiny little arms. Yeah, they're, they're aware of it. They're never like, no point is anybody just like, this is normal to us. Like just yeah. Yeah. always freakish and unsettling. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because like two of Jack Kirby's most ridiculous creations during his Marvel years are Modoc and Arnim Zola, right? And they took a more grounded approach for Arnim Zola in Captain America the Winter Soldier, which is good. I think that was the right move. And there is always the possibility that they can go full Arnim Zola in the future if they want, right? But Modoc, they just leaned into it. Like they they leaned as 
as hard into the Modokness of it all as they possibly could here. And I got to appreciate that. So, uh, but yeah, just remember folks, head to denigeek.com slash Marvel or denigeek.com slash Quantumania. We are dropping all kinds of goodness there. Don K has interviews with director Peyton Reed and producer Stephen Broussard. And there's some fun insights about how the Fantastic Four really did influence this movie. And we've got some stuff coming on Kang. Later today, we will have explainers for the ending and the post credit scenes, which are pretty wild and confusing, <laughs> written by our very own Joe George. So after you see the movie and you're ready to dive a little deeper, head over to denigeek.com slash Marvel or denigeek.com slash Quantumania, and we've got you covered. I think that is it. Don't forget to follow Denigeek US on YouTube and twitch.tv slash TV to catch our upcoming episodes. We'll be back next week with a full spoiler-filled breakdown of all the cool weirdness in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Don't forget, if you came in late, you can watch this episode on our uh, on our YouTube home, which is at Denigeek US. It's also, uh, you can find us over at denigeek.com slash Marvel. We are at Marvel Standom on Twitter and Instagram. Drop us a line. Let us know your burning questions and what you want us to cover in upcoming episodes. Something that we missed this week that you want us to dive into, that's the place to let us know. Don't forget, we also have a DC show, so check out DC Standom when you can on all major podcast platforms. Thanks to Andrew Halley, the best producer in any corner of the multiverse. Special shout out to Michael R. He makes the podcast version of this show all it can be. One more reminder, if you're one of those people who's only listening to the podcast version, come hang out with us when we're doing these live on Twitch and YouTube, folks. Most of all, though, thank you all for watching, listening, following, and subscribing. This has been Marvel Sandom on the Denny Geek Network. Until next time, remember, folks, we stand together.